Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and every week, here's what we want to do. We want to take those seasons, those really hard moments, those really great moments, and we want to share them. Your stories, we want to take those and we want to turn around and we want to use them to guide and equip those who are coming behind us. So if you've ever sat in a moment and thought, this has to just be me, or why did no one give me a heads up? You're in the right place. Today in particular, we have my friend Bethany Ricks. So we're in a season called In Spite Of, right? And what I love about Bethany's story is there's just some people you meet who exude a calmness, right? So in spite of what's going on around them, their seasons that they're in, um, you know, for Bethany right now, she's, she's in a, she's in an in-between season, right? She just came out of, um, an incredibly successful career that she's took a step back from and now she's heading in a new direction and that's, that's terrifying and I can relate to her and I, in so, in so many ways, but here's what I appreciate most about her. The things that make me want to spin out of control, Bethany's like, no, we're not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to look at who we know God is. We want to look at all that he's already done in the past. And that is what's going to propel us forward. So if you're in one of those in spite of moments, like you are trying to grab on to, to peace, to hope, to excitement, in spite of your current circumstances, I think this episode is for you. Now, Bethany, her story, I, there was so much that I didn't see coming. All right. And I think you're going to find yourself in the same boat. I'm so excited for you to hear from my new friend, Bethany Ricks. Gosh, you're in a good space. Can I move in with you? Can I come over there? Absolutely. You can. Mi casa su casa. It is not this house because it has amazing windows that I very rarely, not for any particular reason, but I very rarely show the inside of my house. Like maybe you can catch glimpses of it in my stories, but every time I do, they're like, I love your house. It's so open. And I'm like, that's why I got it. This is why I'm here. Okay. When you share on socials, let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah. How open are you about your personal space, your personal life? What filters do you have on that? I don't really have any filters because I'm naturally a really private person. Mm -hmm. I don't just jump on and talk about anything. I have to like be in the mood to invite people in. But if I invite you in, you are going to see me dancing while I'm cooking. Like you're going to see me dancing with the vacuum. You're going to see, like, you're going to get me however I look. So if my hair is some kind of way, if I'm not wearing any makeup, but I just don't do it a lot because I think social media is weird. I'm that person who's like, really, really like feel like hearing me talk about all the things. And I'm cognizant that people are going through a lot of stuff. And I have, uh, I've been through a lot of stuff and I have challenges, but I have a really good life. And so I'm also somebody who is just really self-aware And I never want someone to be on the other side of the screen like, really? Like, okay, so I run socials for a couple different things. But I always have to be if we're shooting content, I always have to be so cognizant of what's in the background. Because people get on there and they're like, hey, I see that you like that brand of face cream. Is it I like it too. I'm like, what are you this is weird. Why are you zooming in and screenshotting? (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Or I mean, I once I was sitting and just kind of talking and I, I 
I feel like you should know that I'm a black woman, right? You know, and so I'm like sitting and I have this one piece of this very dark woman with this blue eyes and this person is like, oh my God, that art piece. I'm like, well, a, a black woman lives here. Yeah, like this. newsflash. I don't know if you've picked up on this yet, but I just want, I just but, want to let you know. I, I am a black woman. I have black art. I have other types of art, but you know, it's just, like that just shouldn't be a conversation. Hey, you're you're in Ohio, right? I'm in Ohio. You have two kids, right? So yes, uh two an, children. An eight year old and ten year old? Yes, my son Zion and my daughter London. Okay, so you worked for years. I'm guessing even you had a maternity leave and you went right back to work. I mean, you had an incredible history of, of moving up so fast in the corporate world yes. <laughs> and balancing like, Hey, I'm also a, a mom. I, I never found a balance with that. So I'm curious what yeah, it was no, like it for was you. A complete, it was a complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that comforting though? Like y'all, it is always just like awful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a it was a disaster. So with my son Zion, um, it was better because I was kind of in middle management. By the time I had London, I had really started to peak and was on the fast track. And I actually suffered with uh, post postpartum issues. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a whole new ball of tricks. Yeah. And ultimately what happened is I just decided that I would only begin tackling the things that I knew that I could manage day to day um, and really focused in on prioritization. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that saved me. And what people get wrong with prioritization is they try to figure out um, what what they should kind of prioritize in their day. So they kind of go out this list and then things knock to the bottom. I am more so of the approach of figure out what you can actually pick up before Mm -hmm. you start prioritizing. Right. So what can I actually pick up? And so sometimes my children were not first Mm -hmm. in the day, which I know is like unpopular. (laughs) I wish y'all could see her face. Her eyes just got so (laughs) before before people are like, what do you mean? I am always a mother. My children are always the main priority. I'm always thinking about them. However, because I traveled so much of what was going on in my career on the days where I knew that they couldn't be first unless there was an emergency. That's when I would leverage my community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would plan because I'm going to be in the air for four hours. Yep. So this is where I'm going to need to have a plan A, plan B, plan C, et cetera. And that's how I started living my life. And that's the most, I do think one of the biggest things that no one tells you about um, being a working mother is childcare. Like the difficulty of finding it, how much you mm-hmm. have to pay for it, get the, yeah. the just circus it is to get your kids there yes. to each location. I remember when I was working full time, I had to break up the day of like, okay, okay, they're going to be here from eight to noon. And then I've got to take them over here from like <laughs> one to five. I mean, it was, yes. it was chaos. And I just never saw any of that coming. And I was like, how do people do this? How how do they do it? It was, it's just absolutely community. insane. Yes, it is. Like community. the amount of favors. And figuring out, <laughs> figuring out what works and what doesn't and not always reading the books. Oh my gosh. My advice to anyone who's having their first baby now, Bethany, is go in ignorant. Like just, I need you, I need you to just go in with, with no knowledge. It's easier that way. I promise. 
No knowledge. One day at a time. I always tell my friends uh, who are now just now having babies. I say, listen, none of us know what we're doing. Yes. Yes. Just, just so you're clear. I have a 10 year old. I don't know what I'm doing. There are three things that are required of me every day. Provide them love, shelter, and food. Yep. Everything else I'm figuring out as I go. Yep. And even and even how you do that, you're figuring it out. You're like, I don't know what that's going to look like today. I don't know how any of those three things are going to manifest today, but we're going to no, do no. them. <laughs> yeah, that's how we're that's how we're approaching. So yeah. So that's- you you know. You worked hard. You made it to the top at like, what, 32? You're like, I'm at the top of my game. But here's yes. where I want to lean in for just a second. We're leaning. Let's lean right now. How did you know it was time to move on? I mean, what triggered that decision? And also, I mean, I know for me personally, once you get the title that you've been going after, it's really hard to be like, okay, I don't want that anymore. You know? I don't want it anymore. Yeah. What did that look like? So at 32... You know, I was promoted to senior vice president of global human resources. And at 36, I had what was called a TIA, which is a somewhat of a mini stroke. Oh, wow. And it was from stress. Okay. So I was in good health aside from my body was like, "Eh, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe, maybe we're going to shut down. Hmm. Uh, and so what a lot of people don't talk about is the pressure that comes with obtaining a dream or a goal. Even when God opens the door, there are pressures and things that come with walking through the door. Mm-hmm. And I was not managing them well. I, single mother, two children, career with a lot of demands, and my body was tapping out. Mm-hmm. So that on top of in 2020, we were all at home. So I was not on planes, trains, and automobiles. So God had the space to soften my heart to make this pivot towards the things that I'm doing today. Uh, If it had not been for COVID in the sense of us being, you know, kind of everyone's at home and creating the space Uh, for God to speak, I'm not sure I would have made the pivot as quickly as I did. So there was some preparation of my heart Mm -hmm. for when that door opened to walk through it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if we if we look at that season, so you have, you know, your mini stroke, and I'm guessing that put you down for a little what year did that happen? What year was that? That happened in 2020. also. In 2020. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we are we're over here like 2020 was a hard year. And you're like, Oh, yeah, I had a stroke beat it. Like, let's see what happens. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so you're literally you're at home. And I love how you said that it saw it like in that year, which I think was the case for a lot of people, Bethany, is that it, it softened you had nothing else to look at but yourself, really. I mean, you're sitting at home. All day. You can't do anything else. Did you struggle at all in that, okay, if I'm not doing this, what am I doing? You know, because I know I am, I am, I am called to work. I just, I know, I respect and honor stay-at-home moms because it is the hardest, it is the hardest job. I, I've always known, like, I am meant, I'm meant to work. And so when I walked away from my job, I was like, okay, God, like, I'm out here. What am I? what am I doing? What was that? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I did it. Now what? Because you know, you know, these kids, I'm better if I work and and not with them 24 hours a day. (laughs) So I, I had been grinding with the 
kids these days call hustling. Since I was 18. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting and I'm going, okay, what's next? And what God told me to do was rest, mm. which was very, very hard for me to do. Because I'm like, well, I have this vision. I have this clarity of what I'm supposed to do next, but you're wanting me to rest, which was actually what I needed because mm-hmm. I had to unwind some of those behaviors that I had grown accustomed to that I thought were normal uh, over the past 18, 19 years. And I also had to continue to create space for a different type of growth. And you can't do that necessarily when you're sprinting. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we have to actually be still uh, to grow. And so it was a whiplash. Yep. It was it was like, ah, what, what am I? I dropped my kids off at school because my kids were still going to school. So they were still I'm dropping my kids off at school. And then I'm alone mm-hmm. from 8.30 to 3. <laughs> now what? What am I? What am I hello? Uh, Lord, what am I doing here? Now Come what? on. <laughs> Talk about Sabbath. right just on a different kind of just a different level but I needed that period uh, which ended up being all of 2021 actually really Um, it was most of 2021 I haven't really done I've done things here and there and I've done a couple of speaking things here and there but it really was a season of of rest and preparation okay how did you not chase something how did you not like grab hold of something and be like, no, this is what I'm doing. You know, because I found myself, um, and I I said this to my husband just like three weeks ago, I said, I understand the Israelites now in a way I never did before. Like, you know, when they, they're out of Egypt, they're, they're going to a promised land. God is literally in front of them, behind them, visibly, you can see him, right? I mean, it's, there's no question. Is he with you? Yes, he is. But they wanted to go back because at least they knew their purpose back there. They knew what they yes. were doing. They could wake up yes. and be like, hey, this sucks and this is awful, but I know I know what's required of me today. And so I will I will do these things today. But when you're just wondering, when 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 it's not as like defined and structured, it gets you're you, you start questioning. It's almost like those two things go together and you're like, Well, let yeah. me feel this time. So how did you not how did you not feel that time? How did you lean into the rest? Oh, well, there are a lot of different things. One, God gave me breadcrumbs. So he would give me breadcrumbs along the way of where I was headed. And because I had insight to where I was headed, I knew I wasn't ready. Because this is what, you know, the 18 years of a accelerated career where I worked very hard and was under a lot of pressure also meant that I walked into situations that I wasn't prepared for. And I knew what that felt like. So God was showing me breadcrumbs. I was self-aware enough to know that I wasn't prepared yet to get there. So there's that. Two, I was really making my health a priority and not just doing to just do And also, I'm not competing with anyone. So when you aren't competing with anyone and you kind of strip yourself of that, which is a totally different conversation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And you're really focused on Christ and really focused on preparation and where you are and not looking at seasons 
to come, but the season you're in now, hmm. it allows you to embrace rest. Right. The reason sometimes people struggle with rest or being stale is because they're not focused on now. They're focused on the future. And that will trip you up every time mm-hmm. because you become impatient, worry, anxiety. I'm missing something. All of a sudden, God's timing isn't perfect. Right? Yes. Um, and you start asking all these questions and then you fall into the trap of comparison and discontentment. And I just really kind of shut all of that out. It's, it's that phantom pressure, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a pressure you create. And if you, if you step back and think, is this pressure real? Is this, is this real or have I created it? I mean, right. That's, I'm ashamed to say what my answer would be almost every time. (laughs) And so a lot of people, a lot of people do that now understand because I'm, you know, I'm a fully transparent person. I didn't have the financial pressure also. So there was no, a lot of times people are striving and doing because they have to. Mm. There is a financial pressure to provide because there are bills that need to be paid. There, you know, there are things that need to be done. I am in a financial situation where I didn't have to do that. So when there is no financial pressure and then you remove the competitive piece out of it and God is telling you to rest and you embrace that, you can see the breadcrumbs and you can flourish spiritually, but okay. it's not easy. It's not. And that's the thing. I, I was just on a phone call Your yesterday. Face, you're like, you're like yes, yes. It is. And that's where I'm at. It's like, this is, it took me so long to understand this, right? Like yeah. I'm in my thirties now and I had to, there were big decisions that had to lead to this understanding, right? Like big yes. life-changing decisions had to come for me to fully understand this. And so to turn around and those who are coming behind us and be like, okay, so listen, you're overcomplicating these decisions. I mean, to to know what, what you're supposed to do, you're overcomplicating it. So you made a big decision. My guess is you're going to have big decisions coming down the road. What are your filters on these decisions? How do you, because that's, as you get older and you have to make more and more decisions that don't just impact you, but impact like a family, impact people around you. How, what are, what are your filters? How are you making these big decisions? Well, one, I set my life up where I don't have decision-making fatigue. So a lot of times people have a hard time making decisions because they have decision-making fatigue, right? Like they're just, I'm making decisions all day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about the smallest things. I don't want to leverage anybody because I, you know, I'm in control. I don't want people to think that I'm weak and I can't figure it out. And then when it comes to really big decisions, they don't have the mental, emotional, or spiritual capacity to make the right one. Mm-hmm. So I recognize that about myself, that I was in a decision-making fatigue state and I needed to start kind of letting some things go. So that kind of helped along the way. Two, I'm very clear on what my purpose is for my life, which means Anything that counters that or anything that counters biblical truth, I don't really have time for. Mm. Like, it doesn't get my attention. I don't even, like, react to it. It's just kind of like, oh. There it is. Yeah, good to see it. It's fine. Moving on. that's, That's great. And I have people who make deposits. They think that they are helping. And they will kind of give me 
words of wisdom mm-hmm. and insight that is completely counter to the path I'm on. So I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I had dinner with a former client. I was helping him out with some business things. There's this amazing job opportunity. I would be perfect for it. You've got to do this, Bethany. This is totally up your alley. I can't believe that you're not back in the workforce. Blah, 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 blah. Though what he was saying was coming from a pure heart, someone as a friend, it complete it does not align with the path that I'm on. So I just kind of smile and nod and, you know, really appreciate that, you know. That's not what I'm doing right now. We'll circle back. So there are things like that. If yes. That makes sense. It makes, it makes so much sense, Beth, because like I, if there's one thing God has taught me in this season. So my last day at my, my full-time job for 14 years was October 31st of last year. Right. Okay. And so here we sit in this season of like, Hey, I've been doing that job since I was like 18. I don't, I don't know what to do next. And I have all of these well-meaning, like loving people just like you who are like, you should yeah. do this. Try this. Oh, look at this opportunity. Take that. Mm-hmm. And these job offers come in. And it is when you know you are walking so closely with Jesus and what he is asking of you, it's yeah. a lot easier to be like, I don't think that's for me. I just, it's a great opportunity for someone. But not right now. Not right now and not for me. And so just because a door is open does not mean that you're supposed to walk through it. I think we, I had a friend say to me the other day, she had an opportunity in front of her and she said, I just feel like God had to have opened the store. It had to be from him. I said, he might have, but that doesn't mean you have to walk through it. Like that's it doesn't mean right. That is not what that means. Like an open door. Sometimes he uses those open doors to just affirm something in you. Like, Hey, these yeah. giftings, they are yours. Like what this door that is open does align with what you're good at. I just want to remind you of that. You know, like sometimes yes. that's the case, but I also respect so much, Bethany, that you are, are you always just like, you're, you're just calm about these decisions. Cause I, and you can probably get that on me. I'm like, I don't know. What are we doing? What am I supposed to do? Like, I'm like, I I, I'm panicked over here. And you're just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. That's not. I am. If you were to ask any of my friends who like, there will be a crisis and I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> not because I'm minimizing the situation at all but I'm just like let's see our way clear here Mm -hmm. what problem are we trying to solve and if you don't want to solve the problem that's fine I can just listen but if we if we want to solve the problem like boom 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 and what if my girlfriend's the other night she was like here's the thing she's like when you when you give perspective it's so insightful but you're also just very matter of fact and, and she's like, and as my friend, she's like, as your friend, I'm on the other end, like, this can't, like, she's saying it with so much confidence. She's like, and you're always right. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it's know. just my thing. Okay. It's just it's, what it's, I do. But we all need a you. Thousands of people. I've worked with thousands of people. I mean, I've tens of thousands of people over the course of my career. And so I've had the opportunity to observe mm how things play out and a part of the reason why I was so successful is I just learned from other people's mistakes that I I am telling you right now if you just pay real close attention it is not so hard to figure out what not to do and what to do it's really not (laughs) just I mean I work for the largest organization I work for had over 30,000 employees and I just observed 
the nature of decision making. What happens when people are under pressure? What makes people thrive? What is considered complexity to one person is not considered complexity to another person. And I just applied some of that to my own life. Mm. It's uh, and that's you have the me's who are like, this is so hard. What are we going to do? I'll never be able to decide. I'm actually just ticked off that I don't know what to do. But we have to have the yous who are like, no, no, this is not, you're making it way harder than it has to be. Here's, here's the clarity of the situation. But if you look at the me's, right, who just so easily, I think, I think people like me, we find ourselves in ruts a little bit easier than people like you who can, it's like you always have the big picture in mind, right? Like you can see above the moment. So what do you think keeps us though down in those ruts? Like in your experience, as you've walked through these seasons with so many different people, what keeps us down in them and what makes us believe, you know, like this is all there is. We can't, we'll never get out of this. We're stuck. So I'm going to use a word instead of using the word, the past, I'm going to say before everything that has happened before this point, and it can be positive or negative. Because sometimes people talk about the past, people immediately jump to the negative. It can be a positive or negative. And what I mean by that is people get caught in the cycle of what has already happened or what they have already done. Right? Mm. So even when they have achieved success, they focus on that particular mountaintop. And how can they relive that version of that mountaintop? Mm -hmm. And then if you think about the valley, people get stuck in, I want to avoid that valley. How can I ensure that I don't go back through that valley? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. And so it's everything that has happened before up until this point keeps people from moving forward as if they're not walking it out with God. As if God's not the one who holds tomorrow, as if we have some sort of control over all of these different dynamics and situations. I did a post yesterday or the other day that said fear rarely delivers on its promise mm-hmm. rarely mm-hmm. doesn't deliver on its promise right mm-hmm. and it's the fear of i won't be able to do that again from a success perspective from you know whatever you consider a win or it's the fear of that is going to happen again so it's before is what keeps us in our present rep mm-hmm. keeps us stuck and we can't it paralyzes us you're exactly right it that does. that before we're always we're always looking back at it and trying to figure out how do we get there or how do we stay away from that? Uh, that's so, so valuable. Absolutely. And it's the, so I'll, I'll make, I'll give a example of myself. If I, if I looked at the peaks of my career and said, those, those were the most valuable points in my life. That means where I am presently has minimal value mm-hmm. to that point in time which is not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true. Mm-hmm. And so even when we compare and contrast our past to our present, we run the risk of minimizing who we are today and where we're headed when we do that and get caught in the cycle. Does that and, make sense? And you're, yeah. I mean, you're also making decisions out of sin in your life, right? So like fear, yep. that, mm-hmm. that worry Jesus tells us Mm -hmm. what it is. Like it's sin. It's usually placed there by the enemy, but then you make decisions out of it and it, it perpetuates the cycle, right? Like you're on this merry-go-round and you're seeing the same sight. You're stuck in before. Yeah. Stuck in before. Over and over. I don't know if I can do that again, or I'm going to chase that, or I'm going to run away from that versus 
setting yourself up to be able to move forward, even if it's a trembling step. Sometimes when we think about moving forward, it's like I'm moving forward in courage and I'm sprinting forward. No, sometimes moving forward, you don't necessarily have all the clarity, uh, but you have faith Mm -hmm. and you have people who are cheering you along. And by the way, people doesn't mean you need six. You can just have one. You just, right. and really the, th- the problem is, and, and I mean, you mentioned it a little bit when you said, you know, in this new season and, and people are making suggestions or telling you what, what you could do. You don't, you need to find one or two people that they are allowed to speak into that part of you. Right. I mean, in your experience, have you ever found yourself and you're looking around and you're like, I have too many opinions right now. Like there are too many opinions and I can't even make a decision at this point. Yes. Opinion overload. Yeah. Um, so what I tell people is you have to figure out, I used to say it this way in business, I need to find out a different way to say it, um, kind of in the online space, but you should have a board of directors in your life, right? People who you run decisions by, who you value their thoughts and perspectives, and who have the power to influence your ability to change course, right? Because if someone doesn't have the is not emboldened or empowered by you to help you change the course that you're on. Why are you having a conversation with them anyway? That's so good. That is so good. Why am I having a conversation with you when at the end of the day, I haven't really empowered you in my own mind to actually help me change course. So I have about four people, only four right now in my life that if I called them and said, this is what I want to do. And they said, and eh, I actually think you need to pause on that and think more. I would pause and think more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because in the indecision, you want everybody else to tell you what to do. Like when you're stuck in that, in that rut of indecision, yeah. you're like, please, anybody, anybody tell me what I should do right here. Yeah. It's so hard. And to me, I mean, this is probably, this is going to sting a little bit, but when people do that, that's because they don't want to take accountability for the outcome. Mm-hmm. So when you are indecisive, it is because you do not want to take accountability for the outcome. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's not about the decision. It's about the ripple effect. Yep. I can make decisions all day long. I don't because I'm like, what's the outcome going to be? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I want to take accountability or responsibility for how this plays out. If it doesn't so go I'm right, I want to be decide. able, I want to point a finger. I want to be able to like, well, they told me to do it. That, that is, yes, yeah, that's exactly what that, it is. Like, uh, and that stings because people are like, oh, gosh. That does not, it does not feel great, Bethany. It does not. I'll it be doesn't honest. feel adulting like. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people have a challenge with taking ownership for what happens in their life. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not judging. There are things that I don't necessarily want to take ownership for in my life. So, so I mean, that's all of us. (laughs) We're all trying to pass it off. (laughs) I am not judging from a perch of comfort by any means. Uh, But the goal is to recognize when you are doing that to say like, okay, I don't want to take accountability for how this plays out. Why? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's that, what are you, what are you scared of? I mean, you said sometimes you're taking steps and you don't have the clear answer. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you're still, you're taking steps through it. So it's kind of like those in spite of moments, right? Like I'm going to keep going in spite of 
not knowing, in spite of fear, in spite of whatever yes. the circumstance might be. Have you specifically had those in spite of moments where you're like, I just got to go anyway? I'm in it right now. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can talk about the past. I, my, enti- my entire life is littered with in spite of moments. And I think to gain wisdom, you have to be able to press through the struggle and press through lack of clarity. Because at the end of the day, 75% of the time, we really don't have clarity on like what's going to happen next. So right now, I'm in that season. I'm building a brand. I have strategy for how I want to execute it. I know where the landing spot is, which is to help other people achieve their well done in Christ. How I get there is not necessarily clear. Mm -hmm. I just know that God has told me to move forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. Coming from someone who really likes to map out a plan and strategy over an 18 month period, because that's my business mind. I'm like, Oh, all right. <laughs> I guess I guess this is all right. I guess we're gonna sit in here and just keep walking. And, it, and, I, and I'm going off of feeling and I'm going off of gut and I'm not rushing. Sometimes that, when we rush right there, Bethany, say it, say it louder. Right. right yes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when we rush, we miss the lesson, we miss the moment, we miss the voice of God because God is not going to scream. Mm-hmm. He's going to talk to us in a whisper. Right. We got to lean in close. We have to be in his presence. We're like, okay, if I go really, really fast, God will stop me. He's going to like scream and tell me not to. No, no, that's nowhere in the Bible. And a lot of that rushing (laughs) is because people are telling you you should be somewhere or you're seeing someone somewhere else. I should be there. Mm -hmm. And so you rush and you and you make decisions. And part of it, too, is you're honestly just tired of thinking about it. Like I know for me, there was, I was like, I'm ready to just decide something because I'm so sick of thinking about being in this space. I'm just tired of being in this space. Yeah. I want to do, especially when you have a grasp of what your gifting is or what your calling is, you just want to do. I was, um, in last week I was in my kitchen and I, it was one of the days, you know, a weekly day, you know how those days are where you're just like, in tears. All it's day. awful. Everything. I'm and never going to be any different. I'm, I, never, I'm always going to be know. here. <laughs> and it was a very simple, poignant, you know, word dropped in my spirit, which was wait for me. Mm-hmm. Will you wait? And that was, that was God. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And those words are littered throughout the Bible. Right. And I felt that for specifically what, you know, I was, I'm waiting on and things like that. But yeah, sometimes we rush. And for me, I rush because I don't have any patience. Yep. I'm the same way because, and this is how I am. And I think you're probably the same way professionally in my business life. Like when I'm looking at anything that's a part of my professional life, I can make decisions like this. Like it, it, no problem, no hesitation. Like that's it. That's what we're going to do. Go this way. This is next. Personally, personally, I am paralyzed. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to back out of this. I don't know. Yeah. But then I'm worrying uh, at war with the professional side of me. That's like, no, just make the decision. Go forward. Yeah, just go. go. Just go. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yep. Yes. Okay. So you said, you know, I kind of have 
the, these values. I have this call on my life that I'm sure of my purpose that I, that I'm pretty sure of how yeah. one, how did you get there? And two, how do you filter? Okay. This is what God's asking of me. So this, will you wait for me versus the pressure we've been talking about this whole time, this like this constant like nudge of you should be going, you should be moving. How do you reset yourself daily to be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta pivot back. So uh, I'll, for me, I'll do the latter first. Uh, what people say is of no consequence. <laughs> See, know, it's just, really, it's just how easy you a, say that. Cause I'm like, it's Oh, it's all really the consequence, Beth. Dur- it is all it's not. <laughs> It's not though. And I think one of the mistakes that I made in the past, I won't talk about anybody else, but you know, you can raise your hand if you're listening to this and go, yeah, that's me too. Is I would put the opinions of others on the same plane as God's opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get tripped up because the question in and of itself isn't wrong, but it inherently implies that both are on the same plane and we have to choose. There is no choice. So if what you are telling me is counter to who God says I am, it's of no consequence. Mm-hmm. If what you are telling me is counter to biblical truth, it's of no consequence. Mm-hmm. And I am—I don't have to match energy. I don't have to match your tone. I don't even have to respond. I can smile and nod. Mm-hmm. I can take it right. and, and not actually have to apply it, you know, like, and I don't have to justify myself or the decisions that I make. Sometimes we yes. fall into this trap where yes. we feel like we have to explain ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We have to explain things that are going on in our lives. Personally, we have to explain things that decisions we make professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. I'm telling you right now, you do not have to do that. You no. don't know anyone an explanation. And, and that's why I, I was in a conversation, um, a meeting, right? And we go through this meeting and I start like justifying myself. And so I'm calling a friend of mine after who just walked really closely with me through, through the season. And I was like, Hey, here's what happened. And I'm telling her everything. And I said, and I said this. And then I said this, she was like, Hey, can I just tell you like, say less, just say less. You don't, you don't have to say anything. Like, why do you feel like you have to? And I was like, Okay, well, all right, here we are. Because uh, that is not, and here we are. <laughs> that is not well, me. And, and, and people may wonder, well, why do I do that? Mm-hmm. It's directly connected to self-worth and value. Mm-hmm. How do you see yourself and where do you seek validation? Yep. Because if you seek validation and applause, no one is going to applaud indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a sinking ship. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Even those who love you, are not going to applaud forever. Mm-hmm. So when you, if you're sitting and listening, you're going, okay, that's me. Why do I do that? Well, it's because you're, it's, you're getting into value and worth. Yep. And you have to start there. Yep. And right? that's what I, I, I honestly just respect and see in you, Bethany, is that you walked away from high profile position and, mm-hmm. and you sit here so calm of like, yeah, I did, but I know there's something else. Like, that's fine. And it, and it seems like you didn't necessarily have your worth all tied up in it. Or maybe you just, no. you see like that, that is the hardest point has been the hardest point for me to get to. And it's why I had to, like, I made my work into this idol, right? I mean, an idol is, yeah. is anything if removed, you don't know who you are. Okay. Take my job away. I don't know who I am. At anymore. one point I was like that. 
I mean, you're seeing a you're seeing a year's worth of growth. <laughs> after you you can't achieve the level of success that I achieved, which I'm not. I say with much humility because mm-hmm. God opened those doors. Um, because my career doesn't make any sense um, in terms of statistically, but you know, God God opened those doors, but the power and money that was associated with the various titles and positions that I held. At one point in time, I did absolutely attach my identity to that, and I actually attached my purpose to it. Mm -hmm. So I said, clearly, this is what the Lord has called me to do. (laughs) Clearly. The hand of God is on my life. And um, I... No, not so much. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this was actually a 18 years of preparing me for what I'm doing now. And I had assigned my purpose fully to that because of the money and the things attached to it. I have no problem with admitting that. Yeah. And I was wrong. Well, I and was, especially... I was when, not right. I was not right. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like, when you find yourself on this trajectory, like, you've uh, you've got... Like, I knew going into college what I wanted to do, right? Like, I knew the, the, the area I wanted to be in. So I started doing yes. internships in that area. And then after college, I knew pretty confidently, okay, this is what God's calling me to. Let's go. And so, like, you're on this trajectory and you se- you think this is the only trajectory. This is it. Like... This, I, this is... This is it. This is all there is. Yep. And so to answer kind of the other question that you asked around, how did I understand what my purpose was? I knew from a young age that I've been called to lead women. And I am Jonah, not after the whale before when we were. Let's get our timeline right. Okay. Yeah, let's get the timeline right. Uh, and so I had spent most of my life running from the things that God was calling me to do. But while I was running, he was also preparing me because his plan is permanent. So he's not changing his mind for what he wants me to do with my life. Yeah. Uh, And it was after I left corporate where he dropped in my spirit the well done Mm -hmm. that my entire life is meant to help other people achieve their well done. And I sat right here and sobbed because Everything then made sense. Mm-hmm. Everything made sense. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. This is this is what it means to lead well. This is what it means to show up. This is why I was in a pressure cooker for so long. This is I'm ready now to like walk into this. This mm-hmm. is what. So it was the unfolding um, that happened, and now I'm just like, yeah, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. So even, even, okay, the days like today, you're like, yes, this is it. And then on the days that you have your weepy days, or maybe there's an obstacle, or maybe it's not as easy. Mm -hmm. Some days it's easy. And some days it's not so easy. How do you what does it look like when you're like, okay, I'm going to keep moving toward that, because I know this is the thing that God is developing in me. So, you know, he lights up on your heart, the well done, and then you manifest that into, you know, Jesus led Bible fed. Yes. Right. And so uh, talk a little bit about how you landed on that and then how you're like, no, I keep going on this, even on the days it, it doesn't feel yeah, like. Yes. Even on the days I don't even want to show up for it. Yes. Uh, so Jesus led Bible fed after I had my TIA, I went out to Utah for 10 days because they told me I needed to rest. 
And so, and so you go to Utah. Park? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to go to Park City, Utah. And I was out there um, and God dropped Jesus led Bible fed into my spirit and really nothing else. Cause I was still working. So he was like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to help people lead well in their life. And I'm like, okay, great. I had no idea that I would not be at my job in 90 days. That was not even a part of like my plan. Um, and so it unfolded slowly. And, and here's what I want you to take away. One of the points I want you to take you to take away before I continue. God is a God who sits on eternity, but he deals with us in seasons. So he's only going to give us what we have the capacity to hold. Had he told me and Jesus line Bible fed is going to be attached to other people's well done and you're going to be a speaker because I was not even thinking about that. I very rarely show my face on Instagram. I wasn't traveling around speaking at all at that time. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, are you kidding me right now? I just had a TIA and I can barely think and speak. And these are the things mm-hmm. you're, I immediately turned into Moses. Like, that's in that's exactly, Bush. I was thinking it's like Moses and he's like, like no, not me, not it. Yeah. yeah, I like this is, this isn't it. And I can't do this, you know, with the job that I have. And so I continue to move forward with that in the back of my mind. And God slowly, like I said before, it's the breadcrumbs. He only gives us what we have the capacity to hold. And so when I kicked off Jesus led Bible fed, I actually had something totally different in mind. I'd have people on, I'd interview them, you know, there would be a couple of posts about it and then I would move on. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped because a part of growth and building and um, creating something is you have to be willing to start, stop, and then recontinue. And people don't want to do that. So if you look at the Jesus led Bible fed page, At the bottom, there are all these like different interviews and then it stops for like seven months because I needed to gain clarity and God was not talking. And what it took to stop. I mean, I think sometimes we think we, we, we have to power through. We have to power through. You can stop powering through. And in some instances you, you should, uh, but in other instances like mine, I needed to pause because what was happening? So for people who are like, well, why did you pause? I was starting to become like everyone else based off of what I saw. And I was trying to fit into a formula versus doing what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. So I had to reevaluate myself, strip away that competitive nature, strip away looking to the left and the right, and focus on exactly what God had called me to do, which is helping people achieve their well done. Well, what does that mean for me? Well, Bethany, you have almost two decades of leadership experience. You're a believer. Why don't you connect the two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so then I started, I picked it back up again about two months ago and it's completely taken off. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it is okay to stop. That's my favorite thing um, that you just said in that section was I stopped because I needed clarity mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting it. So I just stopped because otherwise, what's the point? If you, what's you know, if, if God's hand's not on it and in it and, th- and working through you, then what, why are you continuing? Why are you, you forcing it through? I just think that's so, that is so valuable, especially when, 
you do want to step into when God's calling more out of you. You yeah. want to you want to step into it, but not just for the sake of everyone else because that's not yes that's not what you're that's not what you're doing. But yeah, if you if you turn around and look back, Bethany, from where you sit right now, you turn around and look back. What do you wish someone would have told you sooner? What are you like, man? It took me too long to learn that. This is the. If, I will explain myself after I answer the question because it's going to be an interesting answer. I wish someone had told me it would be okay. Mm-hmm. And this is why I have a personality where it's a command and control personality. I'm a very strong, independent person, self aware. I'm also very private. And so what happens is I give the illusion that everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, my friends and family don't always know when to say it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And they so don't think you need to hear that. That's, they yeah. don't think I need to hear that. And so for people who are surrounded by strong people, just say it. Mm-hmm. When they're quiet, just say it. Because there are moments when I was going through some really volatile times in my marriage or horrific kind of divorce and the years that followed were very, very rough. Mm -hmm. The things that went on in my career, I worked in human resources, which is a highly confidential job. All of that felt very, very isolating. And I felt extremely alone. Mm -hmm. I spent more times crying in the shower than I can count. Mm -hmm. And what I needed to hear was someone to just look at me who loved me and say, it is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and that's the thing about leadership too. And I don't think you see this in, in leaders a lot, but instinct is to isolate because you can't always share what's going All on. All the things. Right? Yeah. You just can't mm-hmm. because you, can't. you still have to show up and lead. And so exactly. it, it can be so, so isolating when you're just like, okay, I just got to hold all this. I've got to hold hold all of it. And we forget it that yes, this person might be strong. This person might show up for you all the time. This person always might, all, might always know what to do, but what, how do they feel about what they're doing? How do they feel about yeah. what's and even as leaders or in marriage? I mean, I, I know all of my friends are married. I'm the only single friend. And, you know, even when I talk to them, there are parts where they don't necessarily share with their spouse because they don't want they don't want to burden, you know, they don't want to burden the person that they are married to because they know that person is carrying things. Uh, and sometimes just saying, you know what, we are going to be okay. And leaving it at that, you know, we are going to be okay. And when you're ready to talk about it, I'm here. That's so I'm a, I'm a woman of, of few words. And with your divorce... You always have the best marriage advice. You, you really do. You really do. I, but I find myself wanting to be like, hey, we're going to be okay because of this, this, and this. Let me tell you why. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. like, even when I don't really know why, I'm just talking straight out of my butt. I don't know why we're going to be okay, but let me just let me tell will. you. We will. We're going to be fine. We're going to be all right. Hey, so, side yeah. question, because I love studying leadership and understanding leadership more. And in my, in your experience, because I don't want to say what my experience is, in your experience, what do you think is one of the top leadership traits? Like, what do you think is one thing that almost everyone, if they're going to follow you, this is what they're looking for? Empathy. Yes, Bethany, that, 
that has never proven more true to me. Like I could run some laps around this table. The one thing that I have noticed in every great leader I've spent time with is empathy. Mm -hmm. Like they see you you and they feel it. And you can hold people accountable and be empathetic. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where I spent a lot of time with executives was training them on how to be empathetic, but still hold people accountable. Um, But a lot of people would leave not because of money, but their leader was not empathetic and didn't know how to extend grace. You don't see me. You don't see me. That is, you don't see me. I I think that is so interesting because I've only been in the ministry world in leadership Mm -hmm. for most of the time. So I, I think it's just so interesting to hear you say that from the corporate side as well, that like, this is, Oh, it's the same thing on the ministry side. Yeah. This is same thing. My dad has been a pastor since I was five. Okay. So I've, you know, I have seen many, many different types of leadership and the consistent piece of all the tests, all the training, you will see is empathy. Yes. Ah. The top of the list. And, you know, to add on to that, the biggest, um, and I'm going to do a reel on this at some point, the biggest stumbling block for leaders is lack of self-awareness. If you don't know how you are showing up into a space, if you don't know, how in the world can you lead the people who are in the space with you? Like, it's just... And leaders, some leaders feel like they don't need to know, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm in charge, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But if you are doing any kind of coaching and training and they are not teaching empathy, leading with empathy or self-awareness, you are wasting your money. Gosh, that's so good. That's so good. But hey, we finish every episode with one question. People either love it or hate it. So we're going to see what you have to say. What are you so happy someone did tell you about it can be anything oh one one thing I'm happy that someone told me about people always repeat it back to me really slowly because they're buying themselves time like I'm not kidding I need to cut it all together of everyone saying back (laughs) (laughs) I tried to like because I've been given a lot of really really great advice So I'll give two. I'll give a serious one and I'll give a fun one. So the serious one is never judge from a perch of comfort. Never. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Period. Uh, And then also always wear a pop of color. I see you. I get it. Because I like the all black every now and again, you know. Pop of color. Do you do Always it with your shoes? I knew you were about to pull it. Because I know you like those Nikes. I, I have done my research. Gold Nike. <laughs> so you can't see me. I'm wearing black and burgundy, but the pop of color is on the Nike. Uh, but that, but doesn't it bring you joy? Like when you walk in and you see them, you're Absolutely. like, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> and most of them are on sale. Yeah. I, buy the, I, I very rarely buy anything full price. That's what my husband says to me all the time. Just because it's on sale doesn't mean you have to buy it. And I'm like, but it, it kind of does. A, a little the Nike day breaks? Absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely what that means. Absolutely what that means. 40% off? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm means. buying them. I don't care if I need them or not. That's not the question. That's just not the question. Hey, yeah. Bethany, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Hey, tell people where they can find you, uh, where they can follow you, find more about you, fill us in. So you can find me on 
Bethany Ricks handle on Instagram. Yeah, there's no A in Bethany, B-E-T-H-N-Y. And you can find me over at Jesus Led Bible Fed. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Hey, Bethany, this was a good time. Thank you so, so Thank much you. for jumping in. <laughs> <laughs>